Welcome to We Are Venomaniacs, the Venom Site's official podcast for all of your symbiote news, reviews, and point of views. My name is Orion, and I'm joined by Carlos, and guest hosting once again, Allie, our friendly neighborhood Scream fan. Saying hi, guys. Yo! Hey, everyone. Awesome. So, we are celebrating Symbiote September this month with a special giveaway for our loyal live audience members. Join our live recordings on Discord each Wednesday through September 25th and listen in until the end of each episode. I will drop a special keyword sometime during each episode, which you will need to repeat for a chance to win a Pop in a Box exclusive Agent Venom Funko Pop. Uh, we also have to make a little revision to our post earlier about the giveaway. Unfortunately, we do not have four Agent Venom Funko Pops to give away. We only have three. So I will be um, replacing one of those with a Metal Fig Venom figure, which I will make a new post about or revise the post on the Venom site. So stay tuned to win. It's week five of our Absolute Carnage podcast series, in which we cover the event's latest comics and tie-ins. Today, we're doing a rapid-fire review of Absolute Carnage Scream number two, and Absolute Carnage Symbiote Spider-Man number one. So, since we are joined once again by uh, Allie, we're going to go ahead and start with uh, her probably favorite comic of today, Scream number two. Yeah, once again, I absolutely loved it. <laughs> yes, I, I think it was a pretty good issue myself. I think probably my favorite part of the whole thing was seeing Scream being able to fight off Null and Carnage's influence. Where it's about, I think it's back to about, about the midpoint, where she actually is able to rip the Null symbol off of her forehead and throws it across the room. Yeah, yeah, that, I, yeah. I was not expecting that to happen that was actually pretty cool for her to do that and not to mention as well like you can clearly see that uh patricia is battling the voices of donor and the scream sibia at the same time but that you know uh, all the while she's also fighting off uh cletus's uh mind control off yeah so it brings up a very interesting point to see that she was able to fight off um carnage and null's influence just by ripping off the spiral symbol on her head uh which leads me to believe you know other symbiotes under the influence could simply do that but um it it presents an interesting thought and probably a troublesome one as well if it's not a consistent um cheat to the plot but uh yeah it was it was very cool to see um we get a lot more of of Scream's conflicting personas and voices in her head, which is a um, it's a it's a running theme for the character, uh, where the voices in her head are always you know fighting for control and it's just constant noise. So it's much more hectic as we saw in the last issue. Now uh, that it's uh, we have practically three different voices in her head. We have um, the symbiote voice, we have uh, Donna's voice, and then we have Patricia's voice. It's, it's nice to see finally do some psychological element, because I don't know if I don't remember if I mentioned this last time I hung out with you guys here, but it's so nice to see them actually do something with it, because 
I feel like after the original separation anxiety, none of it was ever mentioned again with Scream. And they're finally bringing in all these different elements of, you know, this, the voices and that sort of thing. We're finally seeing all this from Scream's perspective. Yeah, I mean, it was like, I could kind of see where they were going with it. And I was just kind of glad that we finally get to have like a, a feel of her split personalities into one. And also for uh, Andy, I was really surprised in the issue. Like she actually held her own against screen. Like I thought for a second, like this was going to be a two, like a one sided fight and she was going to like mop the floor with her, but that wasn't the case. Like Andy put up a really good fight and she held her own, which was really cool. Yeah. I, I completely expected Andy to just, just get it, just to get it handed to her, but she fought toe to toe with Scream. And I kind of like how they, they, Andy and Scream, they kind of have like this very loose sort of friendship because Andy was, was trying to help her. And at the same time, it kind of seems like Scream's trying to protect Andy from Null and Carnage. And I think that's interesting. And I'm, I can't wait to see where that's going to go. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, Andy's continued part in this series, in this event, and hopefully but beyond. Um, as we mentioned last time uh, Ali was on, there's a new Scream series coming out after Absolute Carnage. And there's the mystery, of course, of who is Scream's host for this series. And uh, so far, it's... It, you know, that, that answer's up in the air. It could be uh, Patricia still, um, although things are looking maybe a little dire for her at this point. Or it could also be Mania. Yeah. Uh, it could be Andy. Well, that's the thing we were talking about, like, just briefly. Like, we were saying who could be the new host, or if Patricia ends up still being Scream, going into the new ongoing later this fall. Uh, but, you know, it's... It's something we're going to find out next issue, and then hopefully by the end of Absolute Carnage as a whole. Uh, but again, you know, this issue, the artwork was great. Sandoval did a great job. Yeah, he with is, uh, with Alex Arizmendi yeah. as well. Yeah, that, that too. There was another artist in the issue, and he did a good job as well. There's a lot of motion going on in every panel. It's really nice to see. Now... The one thing I will bring up, though, and I also posted this on Twitter, that they also did a panel which they homaged uh, Amazing Fantasy number 15, where you have Scream holding Andy, and it just recreates that iconic cover, and I just thought that was just amazing what they did there. You making that post, man, that was, like, that was one of the first things I read this morning, and I was, I need to, like, go read this now, because that looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, as one of our audience members says, that would be a pretty funny and cool uh, second print cover. <laughs> that would yeah, be I was actually thinking of that too. That would be a great second print cover as well. <laughs> yeah, and then, um, you know, in the end, we see them coming together to, uh, you know, fight Carnage's influence in his hordes. And uh, that last page, guess who shows up? Um, but Carnage. However,. Yep. This looks like it's uh, Norman Osborn's Carnage, not Cletus Cassidy. Oh, that really? Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't notice that. Yeah, because 
if you notice, uh, I mean, you can sort of see it in the shadow. There's maybe a, a little hint of a uh, of the spider symbol, but he doesn't have the spiral on his head, and the spider symbol isn't really standing out like it does. Oh, I so really I think, thought that was Cletus. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be Cletus, but I think it might have been changed at the last minute due to you know, you can like I said, you can sort of see part of the spider symbol on his chest in the shadows there. Yeah. That would be neat if it ends up if it ends up being um Norman instead. That would that would be kinda very unexpected. Yeah. Another another thing I was kind of hoping but it didn't happen because if it is Norman, you know, Norman doesn't know Patricia, but it would have been awesome if he came down and says, Hello, sister or something like that. That would have been great. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been so cool. I didn't even, I didn't even consider that either. And now I wish that had happened too. That would have been, that would have been so cool. Yep. Yep. So <laughs> yeah, it's it was definitely a great issue, and that means we have one more issue to look forward to uh, in this three-part series. Uh, so any predictions from you guys of what's going to happen next? Uh, I hope we get like a nice. I hope we get a nice fight scene between Scream and Carnage, uh, you know, and Andy joining in the fight as well, which is probably going to happen most likely. And we're probably going to find out if Patricia is still going to be Scream or if, you know, something happens to her and it ends up with Andy or something else might happen. That's the only two. That's the only three things I could come up with as theories. I, I just really don't want Scream to die again. And given that she's getting an ongoing, most of my fears of that has pretty much been wiped away. But that, that's just my thing. I just I don't want her or Andy to die. Same. Yeah, I I agree. I don't want to see either of these ladies perish at all. I mean, there I I feel like Patricia is being revitalized a bit here, even though we're not seeing too much of her in this issue. Um, but I hope to see her, uh, come back at least, uh, in the scream series. Um, if not as a host, then maybe as a, a recurring cast member. Yeah. All right. Well, um, if anyone, does anyone have any, uh, final thoughts on this? Uh, overall again, great issue. If you guys haven't picked it up, pick it up now. It's a great read. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely worth buying, and my god, the colors are so beautiful. Yes, that too. Yes, so definitely one of the one of the better uh, absolute carnage tie-ins. So now moving on to our second issue uh, of this discussion, we're talking about absolute carnage symbiote Spider-Man number one. Now, this story was something a little different from the rest of the uh, tie-ins in that it, it's almost not really tied into the, um, the, the overall event or even consequential to it. This story um, is one about the uh, often forgotten second human host of the Venom symbiote. Uh, who goes by the name of uh, Leonard? Was it uh, Leonard Elkhart? And he was ju- he was just named in this issue, so this is the first time this character is getting a name. Um, but you might remember him from uh, uh, 
Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man number 100, when the symbiote had escaped the, the Fantastic Four building and was working its way back to Peter, it bonds to a hapless tourist and takes him for a little joyride. So this is that tourist, uh, Leonard Elkhart, who happens, I guess, to be a judge in this series. Yeah, and what I like at the beginning of the issue, they pretty much give you the panels from both those issues, and they give you like what happened before and what's happening now. Yes. So that was a nice touch in the book. Definitely. The, the, I like the callback. It was giving us a little bit of context as to uh, who this character is in the grand scheme of things. Um, and we see, you know, you figured that if they were reintroducing this character, it would be in the context of how has this man's life transformed since he was temporary, uh, temporarily bonded to the Venom symbiote. Unfortunately, that's not what we get in this issue because mainly he doesn't even remember what happened to him. He, it was a blackout. Yeah. So. That one, one part of the story back in the previous issues... So yeah. he hasn't. He doesn't know what causes blackout. He's gone to see doctors for to examine his body, and you know he wanted to get a second opinion, and his son was there as well. Yeah. So yeah. I think what really highlights this issue uh, for me was just his his you know what brief time we had seeing his relationship with his son. It's you know. He doesn't really come across as what what you would imagine a judge would act like in you know his his normal life outside of his job. He's very he's very lighthearted. Um, he makes a lot of lame dad jokes, and the son plays along with it. It's, it it seemed like a very sweet uh, relationship between the father and the son. Yeah, it's just, you just start to get to know them little by little. Yeah. Yeah, the, the lame dad jokes were awesome. I am just all about lame dad jokes. Yeah, definitely. So this this issue does have some humor to it. Um, otherwise, uh, as as we mentioned, he is a judge, and he and his son kind of run across a uh, what seems to be a budding criminal, and who we later uh, find out is actually the White Rabbit, a a common Spider-Man foe in, you know, recent issues. Yeah, I, again, I'm not really familiar with the White Rabbit. I haven't really been reading a lot of Amazing Spider-Man lately. Uh, and going into this, like, at first, when I, when I started reading the, the pages of that scene where they're in the, the restaurant, I'm just like, what is going on? And I'm like, you're complaining about a breakfast burrito? that you can't get because it's past the, the breakfast time stamp. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Part of me kind of cringed at that part. Uh, but, you know, and for her to make that big scene for nothing was just kind of like, why even? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about White Rabbit. I think she's getting um, a Marvel Legends figure. But I I've worked customer service. I've done cashiering. And the fact that she made that big of a scene over a breakfast burrito just tells me a lot about her character without ever with, without ever reading anything else about her. Yeah. 
it was it was definitely like for someone who's not uh familiar with the character uh it's it's at least informative i'm i'm not entirely familiar with the character myself i only kind of know her tangentially through the amazing spider-man series i'm subscribed to right now um so i know that she's a bit of a of a wacky kind of criminal you know all about um fairy tales like uh, Alice in Wonderland or uh, the Jabberwocky or any of that kind of stuff but um, definitely this this was she, she kind of made the issue a, a little more fun because you just see how crazy she goes she's going from uh, from 100 to 1000 so quickly <laughs> yeah. you know <laughs> um, definitely and then of course uh, she gets in trouble for her disruption at that 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 place and also uh she ends up in uh in elkhart's court and by the way uh loyal listeners our giveaway keyword today is judge so make sure you note that for the end of the episode yes the keyword is judge yep so um so we see her uh go into the courthouse and um Elkhart, of course, is not very lenient on her because he realizes, you know, she's not really a good person. Uh, so he sentences her, and later on, she she comes back for a bit of revenge. But it's not the type of revenge you think it is, folks. Because what ends up happening is that she decides to pull out uh, a fool's gun on them, and she points the pistol right at at uh, Leonard. And she shoots the gun, but it just makes, like, it's just the ones that pops out the word papau or whatever. And then all of a sudden, his son has a heart attack. Yeah. Now, what I found interesting was is that before, his dad made a comment saying that his son had a history of eating too much fast food. Yeah. And the surprise, you know, because he thought that gun was real. And when she pulled the trigger... He got scared like so bad that he had a heart attack and he died. And I'm just like, wow, this is really, really dark. <laughs> yeah, that that was that part was freaking surprising. I, I kinda like though that her intent wasn't to kill anybody. Because we see a lot of a lot of villains especially with absolute carnage, where it's all, you know, they want to kill people, but I kinda like how her idea of revenge was just essentially a bad YouTube prank that went wrong. Yeah, it was just so messed up in so many ways. Now, as now as crazy as she is, she does try to help his son resuscitate using her electric zapper hands. Um, so I think there's a bit of redemption in there for her. I mean, she might be I... off her kilter, but she, at least she realizes what she did was wrong. And she does mention know. that later on, you know. She mentioned... it kind of felt like she zapped him like more times than she should have. That that was the thing. I think she was just kept zapping him, and it wasn't working. Yeah, but that's you know yeah. that's that's I I feel like that's just desperation. You know, if if this yeah. was her first kill, then yeah, she'd be super worried that she just killed this this guy, and she'd be tr- really trying to get him back. Like he, this this kid was basically innocent in her downfall, and I think she realized that. She kind of freaked out a little bit. 
yeah. compensated trying anything that she could think of or anything that might bring him back, but it was it was already too late. Yeah, and you see it later on in another court scene where she's being charged um, for his death, and she, she does seem to be, you know, remorseful about it. But as you see, too, like, even before that scene happened, uh, Leonard, he decides to, you know, it drives him insane to the point where he brings a plastic gun inside past security, and he tries to attempt to kill White Rabbit We're right there in the courtroom. And what ends up happening is he kills the uh, the guy who's typing the whole thing. I, I forgot what, what they're called, but the guy who types. Yeah. And he ends up killing him, so, yeah. I think he's called a stenographer. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And, of course, uh, White Rabbit uses the, uh, the distraction to get away using her giant mecha bunny, which is hilarious. <laughs> Mecha bunny. Mecha. I don't know. That's just. I don't know. To me, it just seemed very cliche that 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 would have happened. Like it just pretty campy. Yeah. Then again, I think she's a pretty campy character. <laughs> I'm gonna say probably yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise uh, she gets away, of course, and Elkhart goes to jail for attempted murder. And, uh, you know, he, he basically gives up on life at that point. You know, he says he doesn't really care anymore what happens to him. Like, all the people he put away, uh, they, of course, torture him, but eventually they stop because they realize he doesn't really care anymore and what's the fun in that. And he had a, he was bonded to the symbiote once, and who, of course, is hunting former hosts? Cletus. Yeah. <laughs> But also, too, White Rabbit, even before when Cletus came by to, quote-unquote, break him out, uh, she actually came by to have a quick chit-chat. And uh, White Rabbit saw him die before her eyes as Cletus, you know, ripped his spine out. And it was gruesome. I think it's like the last panel of dialogue in the in the book where she's talking about how, you know, seeing Carnage do that to somebody was so gross she felt like she was going to puke. Yeah. And of course, Carnage warns her, you know, if I were you, I'd stay out of my way. And hopefully that is an indication that we're not going to see White Rabbit, even though she, she seems like a fun character. Um, I don't think she really belongs in Absolute Carnage, especially since she hasn't worn a symbiote. Does she have any kind of connections to symbiotes? Has she, like, fought Venom or not, anything no. like not that? that I, not that I no. know of, no. I don't think so. Yeah. But uh, I will say one thing. Uh, Francesco, the artist for the issue, he, actually, I really liked his uh, interpretation of, of, of Dark Carnage. I liked the way how he drew him in this issue. It was really well done. Yeah, Dark Carnage looked amazing, and y'all know how I feel about Carnage, so it, yeah. it, was, it was beautiful. So otherwise, um, you know, uh, at reading reviews from people around the net... Uh, I know there was one word that kept on popping up, and that is pointless. Um, and I do kind of agree with them that this issue in this in the scheme of absolute carnage was quite pointless. It it barely had anything to do with the event. Uh, it was simply a little bit of backstory, or you know, a, a, it was a bit of 
almost kind of like fan service, but who's really a fan of that of Mr. Elkhart here. So <laughs> to me, it was pretty much just like they were just tying the knot. They just recalled, oh, uh, Leonard was bonded to the symbiote at one point. Obviously, he has a codex, so and, eventually, Cletus is going to kill him. Yeah, because everyone's a target. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it, it definitely felt like an issue where if you only want to read like certain ones, you know, sit down and read all these different tie-ins. I feel like this is one if where if you skipped it, you're probably not going to miss out that much. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's yeah. It, I think it's going to be quite inso- inconsequential in the end. Um, though that doesn't mean it's not a good story. It's pretty. It's it's a pretty decent story. It, it has its emotional beats. And it, it is fun. So yeah, but otherwise, I I do have to agree with the general consensus and say it was a pretty pointless one at this point. Again, no offense to the creative team, it was good. It's just not for this event. Yeah, this story would have. I think it would have worked really good. On, like I feel like it would have worked without any of the absolute carnage stuff going on. Like this could have been just a one shot. It could have been a web or of venom. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, that that yeah, that's exactly right. Speaking of web web of venom, um, uh, Donnie had announced today, of course, that uh, the uh, which was it called? I know it's not called web of venom, but there's a new collection that just came out today that collects most of the web of venom stories. And uh, his tweet had indicated that uh, yeah, it's called Venom Unleashed. Thank you very much to our one of our listeners, LT Carnage. Um, it collects most of the uh, Web of Venom stories that came out, and he said all the Web of Venom stories so far. And of course, I asked him about that because I was like, when you say so far, you make it sound like there's more coming. And, he's, and he confirmed that, absolutely, there are more Web of Venom stories coming. So we'll probably see those after Absolute Carnage. So otherwise, um, yeah, I think that pretty much does it for today's episode so listen in next week as we review absolute carnage versus deadpool number two absolute carnage symbiote of vengeance number one and venom number 18 you can listen to we are venomaniacs on podbean spotify apple music and itunes uh, google play music and youtube you can also uh, we can also be found on twitter at wav underscore podcast Check out our Discord server and become a member of the audience during our next live recording of We Are Venom Maniacs. And during September, you might have a chance to win a prize. So join us, won't you? As always, thank you to my fellow hosts, Carlos and Ali, for joining me today. Thanks for listening in, guys. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And thanks to the Venom site for permitting us to make this podcast under the TVS banner and all of your generous support. And finally, thank you, loyal listeners and fellow Venomaniacs. You guys make an awesome community, and it's an honor to be your voice on the airwaves. Together, we are Venomaniacs. And now a word from one of our partners at The Collective, a network of superhero podcasts. The Swamp, more than merely a place. It is a churning, seething, bubbling bed of life of which you are a part. Once you were a man, a chemist named Ted Salas, until one little experiment went somewhat awry, and you changed. The serum that was to have made you a super soldier 
combined with the strange forces in the swamp to make you over into this, a shambling, mindless mockery of your former humanity. The Macabre Man-Thing. Man-Thing was created in the early 1970s to capitalize on the growing monster craze, but under writer Steve Gerber it became something quite different. Experimental, surreal, and very, very weird. It was something I loved as a kid, but does it still hold up today, four decades after its initial publication? So join me, Paul Matthew Carr, as I attempt to make sense of this cult classic and analyze each issue, putting it in the context of the time it was written and comparing it to the standards of today. And maybe you too can come to love the world's second most famous swamp-based comic book character as much as I do. The Nexus of All Realities, a Man-Thing podcast, a twice-monthly dive into the bizarre. <laughs>